0: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Friday, hallelujah. The weekend is very nearly here, which means Arsenal will be in action very, very soon against Wolves in the Premier League. Looking forward to that one. I will be there at the Emirates. Going to be absolutely freezing by the sounds of it, but hopefully Arsenal can put in another type of performance than they did on Wednesday night and that will warm us all up. Three points on the board would be very, very nice indeed going into another busy week next week. Mikel Arteta will actually be speaking, of course, in his pre-match press conference later on today. By the time you're watching this, he may well have already uh, had that press conference. Depends where you are in the world, of course. Uh, and the time, what time it is. Um, And so, yeah, have a look over at my social media. You see all the big headlines from Mikel Arteta's press conference there. But before that, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking about some of the news stories, doing around contract talks, Ben White, Takiro, Tommy Asu, I'll give my thoughts on those. Uh, Rob Edwards, the Luton boss, has been speaking about Samuel Conga, who is closing in on a return from that horrible injury he suffered just after making his loan move to Luton. Got some interesting comments from Kai Havertz on Gabriel Jesus as well. Some of you guys have got in touch. Um, on a couple of subjects, including Gabriel Jesus, which I will go through at the end of today's show. But let's start with some of the contract stories Doing the round. As you can see, David Ormstein's report in yesterday that T- Takahiro Tomiyasu is now in active negotiations with Arsenal over a new contract, which is great news. Um, uh, it's something I spoke about fairly recently. This is one that Arsenal have to get tied up. We know that Ben White is closing in on a new deal as well. That's been going on for a while now, the talks, and it seems like things are moving in the right direction with Ben White. And it wouldn't surprise me if that is announced fairly soon. But in terms of Tommy Asu, that's one that Arsenal really needed to concentrate on and get done as well. He's shown this season now, of course, how when he's fit, just how useful a player he is in really, really top form. Absolutely Pushing both Zinchenko and Ben White at the moment for a regular starting spot in the side. He's performing at such a high level. You know, the weekend, sorry, midweek in that Champions League game, he was absolutely exceptional against Lons, wasn't it? Even though he only played 45 minutes, picked up two assists, which is good if he can really start contributing going forward as well from that right or left back position, wherever he's playing, then he really is going to put even more pressure on the likes of Ben White. And, um, Zinchenko, He's just such a useful player, isn't he, Tomiyasu? He can play at either side of the back four. He can play centre-back if need be. He plays there for Japan. We've seen him play there well for Arsenal as well. He's just such a good player, such a professional as well. He's so popular. Whenever you hear Mikel Arteta talk about um, Tomiyasu, he's just full of praise for what he's like behind the scenes. And he's just he just wants to perform week in, week out, Tomiyasu. I spoke to him. I did an interview of him last year just a one-on-one interview of him and it just came across in that interview when I came out of it I just thought you know he's just you can just see how professional and when you listen to him you can hear how professional he is he's just so strictly about football and I know that sounds like a silly thing to say about professional players but sometimes when you meet them you can tell there's other things going on in their minds as well and Um, I think you can see that on the pitch sometimes. The most talented of footballers sometimes don't use that talent in the right way and they end up sort of finishing their careers, having not put absolutely everything into it and got the maximum out of their quality and their talent. But Tommy Asu, he's so determined to be the best player that he can be, to improve, to keep learning. And that really, when I came out of that interview with him last week, last year, sorry, um, I really felt that you know it was a, it, it was really obvious to me how much he was determined to improve and he's still so young you know we've seen the links with Bayern Munich recently and I'm not surprised at all some of Europe's top clubs will be looking at Tommy Asu and want to potentially take advantage of Tommy Asu having not yet signed a new a new deal with Arsenal so it makes perfect sense that Arsenal are trying to get it done. And as David says here, expectations, is agreement will be reached in due course. His current deal obviously is to 2025 and he does have that option to extend it. So effectively, he's here till 2026 anyway. So there's no huge rush or anything like that. But Arsenal have been very, very keen, not just to tie players down, to new contracts so so that they are committed and so they are you know, protected in terms of financial value to the club. But they're very keen to tie these players down because they feel like they deserve it and they want to reward them for their performances. They've done that with so many players we've seen in the last 12 years. Gabriel, Saka, Martinelli, uh, Odegaard, Ramsdale. Um, we're all rewarded for their performances with new contracts. And Tommy Asu is very much on that list and Arsenal feel that he needs to be rewarded. And Fingers crossed these talks that David have re- reported now, you know, do go fairly smoothly. I can't imagine they won't, you know, Tommy Asu's people will certainly be in a strong position. They'll be well aware of the interest from the likes of Bayern Munich and elsewhere. Um, and, you know, so they're in a strong position to to bargain with, with Arsenal and to make sure they get a good deal through the negotiations. But I think certainly from both sides of things, from Tommy Asu's and from Arsenal's, I'd be very, very surprised if there are too many sticking points that make these negotiations difficult to get over the line. And Once this contract gets confirmed, then it'll be excellent news for Arsenal and certainly excellent news for Tommy Asu, Ben White, of course, as well, we've spoken about that on the channel in the last month or so, the talks with Ben White, trying to get them over the line. Sounds like they are certainly progressing in a good way. A couple of stories doing the rounds in the last 24 hours at Arsenal, confident that it'll be wrapped up very, very soon, which again, you know, very similar. To what I said about Tommy Asu, would just be an excellent move for Arsenal. You know, I love Ben White. Honestly, I think he's such a good player. I think he's so underrated outside of Arsenal. I don't think he's underrated at Arsenal. I think everyone who watches him, from fans to you know pundits who regularly cover Arsenal to journalists who regularly cover Arsenal, they all know it's obvious how good a player Ben White is. Technically, how good he is, you know, how calm he is as well, Um, and. But outside of Arsenal, I think a lot of people are sleeping on just how good Ben White is. I think the whole England thing probably plays into that a little bit. The fact that he's not playing for England, people are like, oh, he's not getting picked because he's not good enough. But we know that's not the case. He's not getting picked because things went on during the World Cup when he was with the squad and he ended up leaving early. There's absolutely no doubt if you're picking an England squad on the best possible players available to you, then Ben White makes it into that list every single day of the week. He's that good and he's still young. He's going to improve and he's just on the list. He's next on the list after all these other contract renewals that have taken place. And you know, hopefully that one, as is being reported at the moment, will be wrapped up very, very soon. And he absolutely deserves it as well. And it'll be fantastic news for Arsenal, should that be the case. But let me know what you guys think about that, about Tommy Asu, about Ben White, about these deals hopefully being done very, very soon. I'm sure you, like me, are very, very happy about that. And the sooner they are done and confirmed, the better for everyone. Okay, on Samby Lukonga, Rob Edwards, the Luton manager, has been speaking about Sambi. Now, he went over to Luton on loan in the summer, started a couple of games, was making a decent impact by the sounds of things, was popular behind the scenes, and then he got that really nasty injury and he's been out ever since a couple of months now. But he is beginning to get closer to a return, which is a good thing. And Rob Edwards has been speaking about it and has basically said that he wants to sign him on a permanent basis. You know, I think Arsenal will be open. To a sale when it comes to Le Conga, whether Luton could afford him, I think it would obviously depend on if they stay in the Premier League or not um, this season. But uh, you know, the whole reason Arsenal sent Sambi out on loan was to get him game time and hopefully put him in the shop window. I think it's becoming or it became pretty obvious after the first couple of years at Arsenal that Sambi was perhaps not going to reach the level that he needed. To be an Arsenal player, he needed to, you know, to get to any sort of level he needs to play and he's just not going to play at Arsenal. And so that made it very, very difficult. He's clearly a very talented player. That's very, very obvious. But I don't know. You know, I've said before, I just never. He had a lot of opportunities, Samby, when it was Arsenal. It wasn't that he didn't get opportunities. He did. He just didn't really take them when he got those opportunities. And I thought... um, you know, by the end of it, it was just like you just thought, yeah, you you're gonna have to go. I think. I mean, Arsenal spent big money on him, 18 million pounds. It's a lot of money for a young, inexperienced player, like they did. He was a talented player. Everyone knew that. But sometimes these transfers work, sometimes they don't. At the moment it hasn't really worked, but hopefully he can come back for Luton. He can play well, can show that he can do it in the Premier League. And then that'll be if it's not Luton who signed him in the summer, it might be someone else who takes a takes a, a punt on him. But Edwards has been speaking. He says, I really like him. He's a brilliant person, first and foremost, always smiling, always really positive, great around the place, but he's a really good footballer as well. I would love to work with him for a longer period of time, but I don't think that will all be down to me. He's our player, but he's obviously an Arsenal player as well. So I think a lot wouldn't, would have to happen. But when we get him back, we get him back strong, and get him playing consistently, then hopefully everyone, all the Luton Town fans, can see his real qualities as no one's really seen them yet. And I do think he's a really good player, Sammy. I've I've said that. You can see there's a confident player in there. But I just don't quite know what his best position is. And I don't think you can get away with that at a club like Arsenal. You need to come in and show that personality on the pitch, show that character on the pitch, and really you know, put your hand up and if you're not in the team, wrestle that position away from another player to get yourself into the team. And he's just never really done that at a club of the stature at Arsenal. But if he goes to a slightly, you know, a club where the pressure maybe is not so high or the spotlight's quite not so high and the, and the, the quality is not quite so high, I think he could easily easily shine. And, you know, again, if that's a Luton, excellent. If it's not, if it's somewhere else, then hopefully he can still do that. But I do think in terms of Luton signing Samuel Conger, it's obviously going to be... um based around whether they can stay in the premier league or not if they can if they do stay in the premier league they get another years of premier league money then they could probably afford him if they don't if they head down to the championship then i think that certainly puts him out of their reach one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care Right, moving on quickly to some comments made from um, Kai Havertz, which I thought were quite interesting. Who says he says that Gabriel Jesus is the best forward he's ever played with? Um, and obviously, Kai Havertz is still young, but he's playing for some very good uh, with some very good players, both with the German national team, at Chelsea, of course, at Arsenal, by Leverkusen before that. But when I asked who the best attacker is he's played with, he says, Jesus. He says, I think I have to say he's the best. I knew this before as well, but now I see it every training session. It's an honour to play with players like this. You saw him against Sevilla. What he did on the pitch was amazing. But he's one of these players who can turn a game around himself. Yeah, I think he's the best. So good comments there from Havertz on Gabriel Jesus. And it doesn't surprise me. You know, I spoke yesterday and I'll show my normal show, but also the show with James Benj extra time that went out yesterday evening. I just think a lot of people don't appreciate just how good a footballer Gabriel Jesus is and how much he makes Arsenal a better team when he plays. Mikel Arteta said it last season that he changed Arsenal's world when he signed. And he did. He transformed Arsenal. You think what Arsenal were like at the start of last season when they flew out the blocks and surprised everyone. And Jesus was at the front and centre of all of that. You think of what they were like then as an attacking team to what they were compared to the season before when it was all pretty one pace. They didn't really have that quality that difference maker up front and they had lack they were sort of going between lacquers there and you know orba before he left and players like that and eddie and ketty at the end of it but jesus came in and he's just taken arsenal i think to another level and he makes players around him better and that's such a key attribute for a top top quality footballer is that he makes players around him better you ask kai Havertz, you ask bakaya saka you ask gabriel martinelli you know do they want to be playing next to gabriel jesus every single one of them will want to say yes And will say yes, because he does make them better. You look at the difference, I think, when Martinelli plays with Jesus and when he plays with Nketiah or Trossard. It's huge. And I think he plays pretty well, certainly with Trossard. Nketiah, that relationship hasn't quite built up. He does, you know, he does all right. But as soon as Jesus is in that team, Gabriel Martinelli is a different player because of the connection they have, because of the space that uh, Jesus generates for Martinelli, Saka as well. He's such a top quality footballer. And if he can stay fit, then Arsenal have got a great chance of doing great things this season. I really think he's that important. As um, Rake here, or Rake Chenier 6828 says, Gabriel Jesus is like Alexis Sanchez. You just know that the quality is up a notch when he plays. And he's right. And he's a he's kind of similar player. I think Sanchez was more of a killer than, um, than Jesus, especially the first couple of years when Sanchez was at Arsenal. He was just an absolute monster, what he used to do on the pitch. What a player he was. He was thrilling to watch. And he just had that killer instinct. It's one thing that maybe Gabriel Jesus is lacking, although judging by his quotes after the game on Wednesday night that myself and James discussed yesterday on Extra Time, he's obviously, you know, thinks he does have that killer instinct. And, you know, you have to, if you get to the top level, you've got to have that sort of instinct in you. But I just think Sanchez was on another level. You know, he was so focused, so determined, maybe too much in terms of his individualistic qualities. Um, you know, Jesus, I think, is far more of a team player than Sanchez is or ever was. But um, they certainly, you know, when they both played, they certainly made Arsenal better players a better team. Sorry. Uh, so there is certainly that comparison between the two. Um, they think I'm mad. You know, he says the main issue around Jesus is availability. We can be very effective based on our play around him, but then it really impacts when we switch to such a different option in Eddie. And 100, that, that is the case, of course. But I do think, you know, pretty much any single club. Are in maybe a couple, if your main striker goes out, then you're going to suffer a little bit, no matter who comes in to replace them. And I think that's the case of Arsenal. And I think it's the case of pretty much every single club. You know, Liverpool, if Salah goes out, I think Liverpool's probably a bad example because they do have top quality forwards and they can rotate and they've still got a lot of top quality there. You know, Jurgen Klopp's pretty blessed in that regards. But a lot of other clubs potentially know. We saw it for years with Kane at Spurs, you know, even Manchester City, as good as Alvarez is. If Haaland goes, then you're going to see a drop-off, certainly in terms of goal output. It's just always going to be the case. Um, and, and, you know, there's several other examples as well. So I do agree. And that's why I think another striker does need to come in. That's not me having a go at Eddie. I think Eddie should stay, even if another striker does come in. But I think Arsenal do need three options. Yeah, Trossard's there, of course, as well. But I do think they need three out-and-out striker options. You've got Jesus then you've got Eddie and then you've got someone else. And when I've talked about a more physical type striker, it gives you that different option. That's the one that I'm sort of thinking about there. But uh, yeah, so I I agree. Obviously, the availability is an issue with Jesus. It's been a problem since he signed for Arsenal. Fingers crossed he sort of put those fitness issues behind him now and he can stay fit and he can have a really prolonged spell in the side. If he does that, then Arsenal are going to be a hell of a good place, I think, going towards the business end in the season. Uh, there's a question here. I've mean, not got a name, so I'm not going to say that. But it says, Arsenal fan here, Salary is on a whole other level to Saka. Speed and ruthlessness come to mind. This was obviously in, in, um, a reply to myself and James yesterday, an extra time when we were talking about Saka and the whole world-class debate. Is he world-class or not? I said he is. I think there's no one I'd rather have in my team, I think, in that position. Although I did say aside, probably from Salah. And I agree, salary is on another level from Saka. But Salah is 31 years old, Saka's 21, you've got 10 years difference. When Salah was 21 years old, he was still playing in Switzerland for Baral. Um, Saka's 21, he's playing for Arsenal and doing it in the Champions League and in the Premier League and has been for the last couple of years. That's the difference, you know, where's Saka going to be in 10 years' time when he's 31, when he's got all that experience behind him that Salah has. That's right. So, yes, I agree at the moment, Salah is on a whole other level, but Salah is in the peak of his powers and he has been for the last three or four years at Liverpool. Saka's just going to continue to improve as long as he stays injury-free, which, fingers crossed, he does. And so that's the difference, I think, when you're talking about those two. You've got one player towards the end of his career who's absolutely unbelievable, and the numbers he produces are unbelievable, but he's got 10 extra years' experience at the top level than Saka has. Saka's 21, and he's doing things which pretty much no other 21-year-old should be doing um, in world football, both in the international stage and at club stage and the elite club stage as well. So, um, yeah, I still don't think I'd have anyone other than Bakaya Saka when it comes to right sided players in an attacking sense. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. Appreciate your time as always and listening. Of course, not just watching, you can get this on YouTube or on all your usual podcast platforms as well. Like I said, Mikel Arteta will be speaking at London Colney a little bit later on today. So keep your eyes peeled for all the latest news from that press conference. But until then, have a very good day, everyone. Have a very good start to your weekend. I'll speak to you very, very soon.